Hello and welcome back to the Timeline Astrology Podcast with myself, Gary O'Toole, and my very special guest, Kishori. And we're going to talk about Rahu in Sagittarius this time. And not only that, we're also going to talk about the Song of Rahu, her epic poem that's just about to be released. So if you'd like to get involved with that, if you're a patron of Timeline Astrology, Kishori has extended the invitation to an online gathering on December 21st, and she'll share more about that in the conversation we have. And so I hope you enjoy Rahu in Sagittarius, the sign of religion, of faith, of hope. And you might discover something about the word hope, what Kishori calls an unword. So I'll leave it to Kishori to explain to you what that means. So without further ado, here's Kishori. Thank you. Delighted to be with you in your, your lovely new abode, your holiday home. Yes, it's great to be away somewhere new and maybe, oh, maybe we can jump right in there because Rahu in Sagittarius. Uh, we'll talk more about these things, but I want to get to the song of Rahu first. But Rahu in Sagittarius, it's all about travel, broadening the mind. <laughs> Rahu is all about travel. foreign adventures. Really? Oh, that's exciting. From an astrological point of view, Rahu represents anything foreign. All right. So obviously foreign travel. And in Sagittarius, that would accentuate that all the more. But before we get into all of that, because you've said a few things before we start recording about um, unwords. Let's, let's oh, yes. uh, not, not, right, not right now, but I want to get into that because that's fascinating. I'm just I'm intrigued you, by that. You just, you just also, remind me when you want me to speak and we'll turn the tap on. So I have it all there, unwords, but also in terms of um, Sagittarius representing religion and how Rahu plays a role in that right. or not or not as the case may be many times in traditional you know Vedic culture in the past Rahu and Sagittarius were not a good mix mm. and even in this day they're not a good mix because when we talk about gurus which is another indication of Sagittarius and how well we can go down that rabbit hole in just a minute but before we go there I want to just ask about because i know it's imminent i want to ask you about the release of the song of rahu okay so tell me all what about what when where how is it going to okay, happen okay okay so the ebook which is just having the final little tweaks this week is being launched on the 21st there's going to be a zoom and anyone can apply to have the link and that's going to be uh, UK time, 4 p.m. on the 21st. On, on my the page Magic Makeover, and you also will get the information probably tomorrow when we've worked it out so that you can share with people who know you. It's also going on my personal page, on the Song of Rahu page itself, um, on Magic Makeover, um, any of the Facebook groups I, I, I run, belong to. So it's going to be in lots of places and people can, who are interested and want to come and join in and contribute. You see, so much of recording is about getting. It's about strategic thinking, how to feed, feed my mind or my energy or my nourish myself with more of this. And I have this thing about recordings that if you go and want to be present and put your energy in, we are here to contribute, to express, to share our dance, our song, uh, what we are, 
which is obviously uh, embodied love and whatever that means. And then we can have lots of different interpretations of that. But we are here more to express than to get. But it's the same thing. So the more you express, the more the one hears itself or you hear yourself and receive. So the, 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 it's the same thing. The loop is complete. Giving and receiving are the same. Desire to grasp or to get, it skews it. And Rahu will disrupt all of that. He will even, I don't know, alter the internet times and all sorts of funny things. Because Rahu is par excellence for me, the disruptor. And, and uh, religion and Vedic teachings and all of it, it's all very, it's all laid out. And it's no longer the case. It can be anything or nothing. Or it can be all of it, nothing and anything. This is such an important point already. I mean, I think you've hit so many nails on the head there. I want to just maybe go one by one there because you you just do this very <laughs> like you're dancing on the razor's edge constantly, and you don't realize that people are like, whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait a minute. Um, so astrologically, you've just pointed out a few things. So Sagittarius is the sign we're talking about now. And it's amazing to me always how when we just pick a sign and you just start talking and it just flows out of you. And you're not using any astrology, but it is, you know, you're just not using the words of astrology. But Sagittarius is about knowledge, of course. And opposite Sagittarius is Gemini, which is about expressing yourself. And like you say, the more and I know this personally, because I know the more I express myself, the more I learn. But do you know, Gary, and that is absolutely right. I can only speak of one thing. There is only the one. There's nothing else. So whether we call it astrology or yoga or personal development, whatever it is, back to you. It doesn't matter what you call it. There's only one thing to know, one thing to see, one thing to realize. What you are in your fullness and in your emptiness, there's only one thing. So whatever any guru says will be the expression of their, or anybody, the expression of their realization. And when I speak about the inclusion of the whole story, it's all my story, the whole world. I gave birth to the earth, meaning I had experienced giving birth to this earth, but it's all mine. And when when people look at the ways, the words of Jesus, I am the way, the truth of the and the life, they think, oh God, the I, I am, but it's, yes, but it's, it's also the story of, of Bethlehem, which I'm about to give a talk on this week, is, is the story of every one of us. Every single myth, every single story is your own personal story. That's why it's all so familiar, why, why you already know everything. And everything I say is only the story of the one in all his, her, its various expressions. And that's why it's so familiar. You know it already. I couldn't say anything you don't already know because you are the one. Mm. Everyone is Neo or near or whatever it is. Everyone. So so now let's then talk about the the disruptor. Yes. The beloved. The beloved, <laughs> the beloved disruptor. disruptor. Yes. In, because he's only, he's only disrupting because he's saying, hey, you want to do this? This is the way to go. Don't go that way. Don't do that. Because do this. And that's all it's doing. And it feels so awful because the mind is so set on what it wants. 
Oh, that's a, such an important point because when you think about why I mentioned that Rahu um, in Sagittarius, before we start recording, I mentioned this is not the best placement for Rahu traditionally. In Vedic astrology, they would see that. They call it Marna Karakastana, they call it. Marna meaning death. They, they use that kind of a language. So it's like planets in certain places are literally dying. It's like they don't function well. And they traditionally saw Rahu as dying in the ninth house, which links to Sagittarius. In other words, in Vedic culture traditionally, if you were going outside of your tribe, your clan, or the tradition, you were gone. That's right. You'd be shunned. That's yeah. it. Right. But today, this day and age, it doesn't matter so much because everyone's going their own way. Yes. Right? But it still is a problem for religion because religion is all about the set rules and pomp and ceremony of religion. And yes. Rahu is there, like you say, just kind of throwing it up all in the air and it's like, no, no. And that's why it gets, when it gets set in stone on tablets of stone, that religion, you might as well throw it away. I mean, I don't want to dismiss it. anybody that loves anything and it serves them then that is the way for them. So anything I'm saying, which doesn't everyone agree with, with, doesn't agree with, it's fine. Ignore it completely. But actually, the initial movement of a, of a, a realized, of one who realizes the truth, and they get on fire, like Wesley said, you know, catch on fire with love, and they will come from miles, from miles to watch you burn. It's that, it's that initial, oh, that's why it has to be keep repeated over and over and over again. Like the little piece of electric spark in every one of our cells is going, twinkle, twinkle, little star. And it's all twinkling and sparking new in every breath, in every moment, every microsecond. And that's what turns us on. And if there's no feeling and no energy in, in some old ancient scripts, unless you fall in love with it, you recognize it, it's not the script that's wonderful. It's your response that gives life. You give life to everything. And what you don't love, it might as well throw it in the trash because it's not real for you. You have to love it. That's why I say the fundamental thing is love your whole story. And as you, from where you are, has give, have given rise to the whole of your experience, the whole of your world, then you have to love it all. Even if it looks like chaos and crap, that's only an invitation for you to take it to the heart and allow it to revise. And if everybody knew that, well, they do at some level, but they don't remember, most minds don't remember, then the world will settle down. And for many people, including me, I've not noticed what's been going on in my own life the last couple of years hasn't affected me and I don't because I don't I don't include it in my in my well it just doesn't compute and in the heart if you go to the the Savarogahara chakra the last but one on the Sri Yantra the last uh, chakra there is no illness there can't be because he doesn't even know it he doesn't recognize it he doesn't just it isn't even saying oh i'll help you my children there is no help cannot be helped we are sovereign so we cannot be helped it can look like that in 3d land like somebody comes and cleans my house you know but but basically it is my will i'm sovereign same as everybody and that's what Rahu points to. 
That's really, really, he says, I am the key to eternal life. The disruptor is the key because he's disrupting, he's, he's removing that, what I call seropod shit, the layer of pasting over what's going on beneath the surface. And that's why the disruptor is God, is the best. Because he's just, and that's why I suppose that the, the, the astrologers of the judges say death in a, in a certain house. Because he's not killing anything useful. It's just pointing out, look, that way it's it's a it's a dead end, it's a blind alley. Don't go that way, go this way. Even though that way <laughs> is often steering into the skid, like you say. It's okay. You can steer that's some of the things I say are for the mind to calm the mind down. Steer into a presumed skid, meaning if your mind says, I'm going the wrong way, but you're on a roll and a momentum. What do you do if a car's getting over to the edge of the cliff and it's an icy day? You have to steer into the skid to get out of it. You have to go with the momentum. Once the momentum is built up, there's no good resisting the momentum in a, in a violent uh, way. You finesse it. But the minute you've taken it to the heart, the momentum automatically, dis that's where miracles happen. That's the energy of miracles, allowing, even when it seems to be the, the to the mind the wrong way, the minute you take it to the heart automatically, then the momentum dissipates, it, it settles, because it just does not exist in the heart field. It's not that it stops, it isn't there. I, I wish I, I well, it is it is what it is, and it was what it was a couple of days ago. Where I was, um, where I am, is very up high in the mountains, and I was driving up this really steep hill, and I probably could have, you know, done with putting my hand on my heart at one point because I was so like heart in my mouth kind of thing. A lot of it way up, it's so steep, and I'm not great with heights, so I was so like grasping onto the the steering wheel and making sure that I didn't go anywhere near the edge, you know. Yeah, I understand, understand, but, but there's always a crack of the heart that comes through anyway. But if you want to get fully established in the default, to be in that place that, you know that quote from the, uh, the, the Gospels, and he hath given his angels charge over thee, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. When we actually go to that field and activate the heart field, so I'm going to talk about to these, the people I'm going to give a, a talk to about um feeling are you feeling the magic of christmas i don't know anyway some little some little talk and, mm. and um that is what happens it's a complete different frequency where the frequency of chaos and disturbance just does not happen it can't be like i told you that i started to tell a little story of my car the other day it uh, vanessa went to take it to the um the garage and we we're driving away to get some, a new tire or tire pressure or something drove away and the car stopped and so it was just near enough for her to walk back and say look it's just stopped so they they all the, they came running out and looked after it and, and oh no it's a it's a write-off there's some chain that's not happening and it's a known in mercedes that this happens and i went oh god i can't really think i want that and then i forgot about it until the next day and then they rang and said it was only a battery 
from a write-off to a battery, and none of them could understand what had happened because they were they'd examined it in detail and tried to find out what was wrong. That's where things which in 3D land could not happen happen. It's it's the power over matter. It's the power. It's the place of um, instant remissions. The place of things which appear to disappear and reappear. The place where things which could not happen, like like me driving, or many many years ago, through a car that was coming at me, closed my eyes, not even having time to think. Well, that's it, I'm dead. <laughs> and and I open my eyes. It's all quiet, and I see the car driving away. It was a narrow road, only room, no room for a bicycle to get by, not another car. And that kind of stuff that people say, what a load of, no, not Codswallop, that couldn't happen, didn't happen. Just, and that's what happens to doctors and scientists because they can't, it does not compute. Now, of course it doesn't compute, but the rules of physics are different in the heart field. We should talk about that as well in terms of, because you say you have a talk in a couple of days about the magic of Christmas. Your website is called Magic Makeover, after all. Like, so when we talk about magic, what, when, what do you mean What's when you magic? say the word magic? Magic. Okay, you've got to look at the etymology of the word. You've got to look at um, ma a magician, image, and all those kinds of things, magi. And you've got to really go into it. And I haven't got, uh, it's not space to go into the depth of what the word means, but it's merely a shift in perception. A shift. If I can't, I, if if I move to the heart field with my attention, I just don't see, and that's what that's what happens. I just don't see all this picking at the spots on the mirror till the silverine disappears, mm. till you ruin it. I mean, I remember working with an adolescent once, uh, the same thing, and his mother had brought him, and and he was very beautiful. You know, some adolescents got this beautiful ethereal quality and he had a little tiny bit of acne and he was like this and, and it was so clear to him that he got so narrow-minded that he focuses on that one thing that is uh, expressing disharmony and you can do that to yourself I have in the past when I was younger but oh my god how did I get down this pothole you have to ignore the pothole and go to what is true and that's what they do in things like craniosacral work you look at a little bit of coherence you look for a little patch of blue sky it's there in all the folk stories you've got to look at what is what you do love is that why when you are in nature that it is as people yes. describe magical yes yes because nature's not got much agenda really i mean it's not like the agenda of of, of minds most minds have the mind, even in an environment like that, if the mind is so disturbed that you could be in the most beautiful place on the planet and still be in hell. Yes, that that's one of the things that a uh, little story that Osho had about uh, samurai, you know, and, and um, you can be in heaven one minute, you can be in hell the next, and it's simply a shift in perception, how you see it. I wrote a little course years ago about uh, as you see it, so it is. And it's your filters. Everybody is the one with their different set of surface bodies and the, the, the rather uh, intricate surface bodies. 
and and moods and colors and like a like spotlights on a stage you know have a series of different colors and lights and things and 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 it, it's just somehow when we interact only at the level of the surface bodies we absolutely miss and the way to take yourself out of anything magically get out of the prison or the matrix to find that crack in the manifest world i remember years ago and it, oh, i can't remember how many maybe 30 40 50 50 years ago and it said your destiny is to slip through the cracks in the manifest world i don't like the word manifest either but it's the world as it appears at the moment as mind sees it to be and we have certain things that we we are in collusion or in agreement over you know you know like the usually the color of a snowdrop for example or a you know certain things and they are the, the the given to this planetary logos but it's all invented at deeper and deeper and deeper layers and levels i'm 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 just thinking of your book the song of rahu and 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 the way you've laid it out with all the 108 padas and the imagery even just of the padas the feet and then walking footprints footprints sorry footprints so the footprints but you use this um in one of the padas about you know these the footprints are like um their history already and they how just show they just show where the foot has been and it just kind of struck me there where if you are in that kind of appreciating the sunset or the sunrise or it's seen in nature and that it's almost like what we tend to do is then want to capture it and then it's already gone it's already dead exactly like photographs or recordings there's nothing wrong with them it's, it's wonderful but this the, the immediacy of of that moment you know like like the birth of baby we do want to capture it but it's like Lot's wife, you know, looking back, you know, you get turned to a pillar of salt. You end up with a library of books, <laughs> of albums, of course, photograph albums. And of course, that's why Rahu could be, you know, we correlate it with the the, the Medusa myth is correlated with Medusa, Rahu. Medusa, that's right. We turn, we turn to stone. Exactly. exactly. I want to get on to the next the thing that I really thought was just really fascinating i want to uh, hear more about it because we we started talking about it before we recorded but we didn't say you didn't say too much and this this concept of unwords yes so can well, you tell me more about what like and the word hope especially because that would be very pertinent that, in terms of sagittarius one, it's one of the ones and like we we when we want to wish someone well well i hope you have a nice time on your birthday um mm -hmm. etc or um you know, I hope you recover from your loss. And that's another unword as well, loss. There is a language of the heart field. It's a particular frequency. And heart math has done a lot of studying about it. I used some of their software once, but I knew that my way of doing it with the immediacy is worth more than thousands of pounds of the softwares. And to learn how or to explore your own knowing rather than software is much better. Anyway, anyway, so... So um, the words hope or loss, they just, as I said at the beginning, they do not exist in that frequency. It's not that they're made better or healed. Healing is another word as well. Healing is like this gradual walking up and up forever and ever and ever. And these words, which are incremental, are not where, not where it's at. As, as Elliot said, I, I said before, um, hope, 
don't hope, abandon hope, he says, because hope would be hope for the wrong thing. Can we just pause there for a minute? Because it's such yes, an important yes. point. I need to kind of just uh, double back on that one. Because, I mean, again, if we're talking about Rahu in Sagittarius, that is that hope, that hope for something better. I mean, that's what we think about when we think about Sagittarius more than anything. If you read about Sagittarius in, in any kind of book, it's going to have the word hope dotted around a lot, mm-hmm. right? It's this Rahu in Sagittarius maybe even exaggerating this hope that it will get better. But you're saying it's this unworthy. It won't. If it gets better, it's not because of your hope. Hope is actually a, a moving towards. Let's say we have an ev- event. I know we have a little, little event in time. And um, you can either be moving towards that event, experiencing it in the now, or or looking back at it. But actually, it's all only now. That's the reality of it. Now, we know that, but the mind boggles and goes, how could it all be now? Or yesterday was yesterday and tomorrow will be tomorrow. And that's what mind says. But but the heart field is not logical. It's beyond logic. When logic is a, a restricted, uh, it's it's a kind of restriction. A, 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 what do we call it? With, with boundaries. But when you have very clear, precise intention, for, um, I'm going to tell you about this word precision as well, the being very, very precise about what you are choosing, the state that you're choosing to experience. And hopeful should not be one of them because hopeful is always moving towards. You want to go, what state do I want to occupy now? And occupy it by choice now. Now in your imagination, you can be there like 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 before you went to Spain just now. You imagined and you could feel yourself because you had some experience last year and you could imagine being then in your imagination. You've got that lovely feeling of, oh, I know what it is I want to go to Spain for because of that and that. And there is a particular quality of a state and that's what you want to do and you want to jump into it. And it's like Hanuman standing on the edge of, of uh, on the shore of Bharat and wondering how he's going to get over to Lanka to get the herb of grace for uh, Lakshman. And then the little child comes and pulls at his robe. Now, Hanuman, the great lord, could have batted him away and said, oh, get off me, little mosquito. But he looks, because he's got a great heart, and, he, and the child says, oh, lord, have you forgotten you're immortal? And the immortality is bringing him immediately into the state of now, where everything is available to you now. It's what I call the quantum reality, that quantum state, where everything is possible. So you just have a look at at the you that you want to be, not hoping for something better, where it already is fully expressed, the love that you are. How could you be anything less than everything, if that's what you are? And so you choose it. You select that version of yourself and then get the feeling. And the secret is to fill yourself with the feeling of accomplishment, satisfaction, finish, the already done. Like the feeling of, ah, when you got it. Is this why, because I'm I'm reminded of um, uh, Christopher Wallace. I think he goes by the name Harish. He's a tantric scholar and he uses this um, term 
in, uh, and he uses it for a lot of his articles. I think he has a book on this now coming out as well. And he uses the phrase near enemies of the truth. So could you say that hope are, is kind yeah. of like a near enemy of the truth? It's well, an unword, as you're saying. It, it is a real enemy. It's a real, I mean, it's like, it's got a kind of, of um, false promise mm. about it. But if you go on this path of hoping, you will always be hoping. That it, sometimes uh, the grace falls and takes you out of the state of hoping into the state of knowing, embodied presence. This, this I remember telling uh, uh, Franny, her cat had died, and uh, she I could feel her. I wasn't with her. She was in a caravan many miles away in, in Wales. And I could feel her. It's real suffering. But terrible, and she couldn't go down a pothole. So I remember I said to uh, I said, Vanessa, I've got to ring her up. She said, You'll never do it. She's in a caravan, no Wi Fi, nothing. I said, I'm going to talk to her now. And I knew I needed five minutes. And the words I said, Franny, you put your attention on presence in the experience of absence. And that takes you beyond hope. Put your attention on what is already the case. That you already are love, you already are the full spectrum. You really are any version of yourself that you could possibly imagine. This is so important because you know how people use this um, technique, you might even call it, of, you know, they have a, a gratitude journal. And it's almost like you, you're writing a list of things to be grateful for, though it does obviously stir up feelings of gratitude. It's still with probably a kind of icky sort of absence feeling in the background of it, because your intention maybe is to write a list because okay. I want to feel good. Okay, okay. Because if you do your gratitude journey with strategy, which means you have an ulterior motive in doing it, mm. not just the full feeling of... Oh, thank you. It, and knowing it's already done, whatever you desire. Look, if, if you think of the moment of incarnation in astrology, you know, we do think about that. So you come in with your hot, sticky hand full of little seeds of desire. So I remember thinking once years ago, there was a song, a new age song, let go of all desire. You're going to get let go of desire. You are desidere from the stars. You are a little best little starburst of energy. And that has expressions, lots of little rays and things. That, that They are automatic. And when a desire comes into your awareness, if you don't start judging it with your mind, the solution or the expression is already included in that. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to worry, how am I going to shine? And if you, if you replaced how with yes to any desire and then let it grow, the yes is the, is the giving your blessing, agreeing. That that I'm, I'm sure everyone listening to this will know this. Everyone knows this. I know this. And yet still we get onto this sort of. How am I going like, to do it? Yeah. Yeah. How you, am I going to do it? Well, because it's like you, you, you have the instant sort of hit and realization or just is and you are that and that's what it is if you but then if we you keep go, tricking ourselves with our mind if you go to the if you get yourself practice this is practice and this can be taught so it's, it's a habit practice going to the heart field and knowing that the heart field is my word for that radiance the non-local intelligence 
that you radiate with the feeling and automatically you say, yes, thank you. Because when that little thought comes into your awareness, it's time for it to be, to start being energized by your attention and you go, oh yes, it's, it's the sun and the moon and the rain and the, the nourishment of it. And you don't have to know how. And the minute your mind goes up into how, where am I going to get the money from? Where am I going to do that? Now I'm too old, I'm too, too this, too that. And it's a, or trying to work out strategies. It's a strategy that is the killer. If you, because we cannot, we, how can we be? We are only the one. There is only one with all these different clothings, different sets of surface bodies. And that surface body doesn't, is only clothing. How does a coat have any energy to walk you around to the shops? You know, it's a, it's a coat. It's a surface body. And yes, yes, these are patterns and filters that we see the world through and express through. It's had different colors and different spotlights, but it's only the one. And if the one puts a, an, a, a thought or a memory or a, a whatever it is, a seed into the mind of Gary right now, all you have to do is go, oh, cool, that'd be so lovely. It's the wow factor that makes it happen. It's your feeling, it's your acceptance. Acceptance does not mean compliance with the status quo that you have right now. It means it means already the newness, the something better that mind hopes for that doesn't need to hope. In fact, it's it's a no no. It's an unword. I mean, there are so many of our vocabulary right there. Illness and, is another case in point. And, and acceptance. So say more about acceptance then. Acceptance. Okay. First, embrace the situation. Okay, you've got a, a a cellar full of water, a leak possibly. What we don't know. You can't just go. Oh my God, cellar! That doesn't get you anywhere. But you have to accept that there is water at the, in your experience in your cellar, and you know um, from past, you know, from living in this world, that maybe a plumber, maybe this, maybe that. But if you go to the heart field, you access the whole. You get really skilled at it. You are in allowing, in embracing, accepting Rahu and what I call the personification of that frequency. I, I, it's a name I give to it. I learned it was Rahu from following those the, the, the Vedic chant years and years ago and just listening and inquiring. If you accept that situation, and you absolutely have to, you can't, you know, you can see it gone. You can imagine it gone, but something as prosaic as a cellar full of water you may have to take steps. If you get really skilled, you can do a Jesus and point your finger and go, you know, no, not here. <laughs> and sometimes those who are masters of matter can 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 do that. Get up, young woman. You're not dead. You're sleeping, you know? Can I ask you then, because I, I hear everything you're saying and I get it and I've lived it and I understand it and... You want to stabilize I, I, it, though. It's uh, no, it's stabilized. It. But this is the question. Yeah, it's not perhaps stabilized. Why on earth would anyone, myself included, want to consciously, though they know deep down that that's what the truth is, why would anyone consciously decide otherwise? Why would I? Well, it's obviously not consciously, right? But I sim sometimes seem to be consciously aware of this thing that I do where I get my mind caught up in the how. 
Because the one loves matter and antimatter, and it loves getting into tangles and playing hide and seek. And apparently, it's a game to get out of, to get yourself down this pothole that you can't get out of, and then surrender. Because surrender is another amazing word. Let go, allow, allow it to be done for you. But it seems like I do it to the point of perversity. Like it's like it's like that's this is not anything that's helpful to me or anyone around me actually, okay, and it's just you, creating a lot of tension in me. And I seem to be enjoying it on some level. Well, yes, you are. You enjoy everything. We all do enjoy everything, even the you know even the fact that things apparently go wrong because we're exploring. One day, one day you will have your take your attention away from that. And you go, oh, I've done that bit now. While there's still juice in it. You'll do it, but one day when you think, I don't think I want to play with this anymore, then you can do, there's, end, there's endless little ways of implanting uh, a tension-free mind, if that's what you want, but you obviously don't want it yet. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. only you can know what benefit there is to you. I remember I asked once um, years ago, and I was starting all this inquiry business and going, what benefit? benefit what benefit to the one is duality and that's a really basic question why do we have this apparent conflict one of the stages you start exploring the alchemical uh, systems one of the stages of alchemy is the, what they call the cat and dog fight the conflict mm. it produces a, 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 an energy mm. it's like grit in the oyster it's like the rubbing of two stones together creates fire. And for some reason, your being, which you have not yet got to the bottom of as you're explaining it, you're inquiring. And so you're talking about it to me because you're interested. You do it and you're interested in what it's for. It creates friction. It creates and chaos always, or, or difficulties or challenges. They create... Uh, a movement towards choice. One day you'll choose something different. You'll have had enough of it. We we don't go in with everything forever. So one no, day and I know this, of course, from an astrological point of view, because I know that when the dasha of Rahu ends, that's it. You know, and I feel exactly. it ending, right? But it's like it has its time. But even within that, I feel like, at, despite all of my conscious awareness of what I'm doing, I'm still bloody doing it. Why am I doing it? Because actually, on some yes. level, I know I enjoy okay. it, right? But on another level, I really don't enjoy it. That's 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 the conflict. If you would just right now, if you could, just accept and laugh. Sometimes I do, actually. Sometimes I actually do. In the midst of something that I've created that is really not good, I actually, and it happened just a few days ago, I actually can find myself laughing to myself. But anyway, like I'm getting myself into real scrapes sometimes, literally. Then, 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 if you don't want it at that point, don't bother to laying down the laws or anything. Just go to the heart and go. Oh, I'm tired of this. Show me, show me something. Show my mind some other way. If that's what you truly want, and you'll get it. Mm. You have to. It's such a big surrender to give up something that we are in momentum in a, an addictive moment. To, so it's like the old story, isn't it? Can I can I smoke while I meditate? Or can I meditate while I'm smoking? You know, you know what I mean? Mm. It's just like, don't force yourself to give up anything. Don't. 
Yeah, I remember reading a book uh, years ago on I think it's called Sexual Yoga or something. And it was the, one of the it, one of the things that made a very clear point with is never ever ever make a vow. You know, because it's like already you're setting yourself up to fail. Because that's the thing. It's like obviously there's a per perverse part of me, the Rahu part of me, you might say that's enjoying all of this and I'm addicted to it. I'm addicted to the stress or whatever, the, the conflict and the contracted states and then addicted to the, to the highs that I get from it when, it when I release from that, you know? But it's there it is. So this sense of this or hope or whatever word we might use, and I don't know if we need to even replace the word hope with anything or an unword like hope, this sense of presence in the experience of absence. That's the principle of everything. In the midst of your... Uh, See, so this part of you enjoys the, the tension uh, or whatever it is you're doing with the conflict, and part of you is tired of it and going, Oh my God, no, have I got to do this again? It's like Sisyphus rolling the stone up the mountain. <laughs> it comes out of you. <laughs> oh dear. And you recognize your addiction. And if, if you could just be easy, easy with it, take to the heart and together in the heart, smile at, at the, the perversity of it. It's lovely, though, when people, when you share these shadowy things with, with people, like, mm, mm, I really am perverse about this. And you know, it's, it's like some, some even worse habit, because it's not very, but, but, but it's, it's like when we share the ridiculousness of what human beings do to themselves, what we do, and what is the benefit? It's like me asking that question. How does duality serve the one? What does it do to fragment itself into all these pieces? I once ran a, a regression session for somebody, and it was a progression. Um, and he and he 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 was speaking from the place of the fragmented one, and it was like like God was speaking to me about why it divided itself into the like the glass like the ice queen's mirror you know, mm. and all this light refracting on light, and I can't explain now in one minute, but it was like a revelation, so beautiful that it's like a fly's eye, you know, all these different lenses, and it wants to know what it is not. How could the one, which is all, know what it is not? And so in a way, you're serving, you're serving, you're, definitely you're serving the, the one consciousness, in experiencing these perverse moments but it's i guess it's the reason why and i didn't again i didn't i asked you this or i said this to you before and i didn't consciously know why i was saying this or asking this of my astrology teacher at the time before i had even started Dasha, and i asked her can you go mad consciously i mean i don't even know where that question even came from but now i understand it fully like can you go mad consciously and yes because i have i absolutely have like actually doing that to myself is is madness in a way, mentally frustrating or agitating myself, and the addiction well, to that kind of thing. You don't need to do that. That that you could if you if you practice next time and just remember to go to the heart and say, now come on, show me, like I asked, what is the benefit? And what what do I actually derive? What is who or what is benefiting? What is how does this serve? What I mean by going mad consciously is, I guess, in a way, is 
I knew that from years ago of practicing yoga and sitting and meditating in, in halls and in classrooms and in, in places where that is very conducive and great. As soon as I stepped out of that environment, I was back into the madness, right? So I knew at some point that I had to actually be in the world in that still state. And I also knew that I had to be still while also going crazy in my mind. I had to access that stillness in myself. I, I knew that always uh, or for the last number of years. That's what I mean by, can you go mad consciously? Yeah, no, no, I, I totally understand. And, and. Well, maybe I needed that, you see. Maybe that's what I needed. Maybe it's that I didn't need the retreat. I didn't need the easy life. I didn't need the kind of cushy sort of gliding up the hill. I needed the constant struggle to remind myself that actually even in that mental state or whatever, I can still be centered. There's, there's always a choice of anything when we become one-pointed, but while there are two aspects of you wanting different things, then then that union, that real yoga, as what I see is, is the yoga has to happen. But but while you are still experiencing conflict, then then you you still want it. There's some value, and that is finding out what that is, or 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 just just allowing it and smiling at it for now, because yeah. we can. We can experience turmoil, or we can experience turmoil with anguish and bells and whistles on it. When we get into, I think, oh my God, I've done this wrong. What should I've done? And this, how oh, stupid I am, huh? And that is an extra overlay that we don't need. But it will all come to rest. And what Lampedusa calls a little heap of livid dust at the end, all of it, when we come into the heart field, because conflict in the heart field does not exist and maybe you're only experiencing it in order to drive yourself deeper into the realization of your true state deeper mm. the deepest because i mean the thing is is to be here play in the playground and still know who you are and still be able to play skillfully in this dojo can we talk about for a minute because this is going to lead me to my next thing which is what sagittarius represents um Religion, yeah. teachers, gurus. Yeah. And Rahu in Sagittarius, how that can and has been a real issue for me over the years. And obviously, for, well, it, whether it, we're conscious of it or not, it is an issue. Because like you say, if you're bowing to the guru and giving everything to the guru and it, none of it is your, yours, no, there's no realization, there's no aha, there's nothing. So one tiny little speck of what you know and have embodied, and it's become innate in you because you've inquired and you've felt it and you've experienced, you've tasted it. That is of more value than all the spiritual texts of the world and the Dalai Lama and the, the saints and Krishna himself. It's not, it's not, it's not yours. Like an archetype, an archetype has to go through the fire of being a human being, not knowing really fully, even with deep intuition, until you've been through the experience and you've embodied it, it's not yours. I mean, I can say all these wonderful things that the people, oh yes, isn't that great? But unless somebody actually gets on and practices the experiments with, with it, how is it if I do this or just find out? See, this is where I think that where I think where Rahu and Sagittarius can be a bit at odds in a way, 
and again in the grander scheme of things that's 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 perfect but in another way it's like this hunger and greed for knowledge exactly. and how you see this a lot right with people who <laughs> i i need to read as many books as possible i need to go to as many teachers and gurus and go on as many courses as possible and until i do that i'm not going to know and until one day grace falls and you realize what a waste of time and you no longer have the desire to read anybody or you know or it's because it gives you a a little bit of um pleasure excitement in the moment not to get anything it's living strategically and living in the moment that is putting attention on the presence rather than the absence the absence will cause you to go buy another book and another book and another book and read another one and think oh god i've got about 20 by my bed and uh, and in the end it becomes obvious but not without the, this process of deep self-inquiry and experimentation and trying things on. If somebody says something that entertains you or makes you curious, try it out. Don't get, oh, Charlie said that the other day, and isn't that wonderful? What a great being St. Charles is, you know? It's not. It's like if if you don't remember it 10 minutes after you've left, don't bother but I, I this is such an important point because i see this a lot and i see it in myself a lot as well where um i probably should share at this point uh that i do have rahu in sagittarius in my birth chart <laughs> so i know all about this the dynamics we're <laughs> discussing here Tell uh, me a bit one, more. yes go on then one of them is this this constant striving for more and more knowledge i just don't have enough i need more and more i need to learn more i need more books i need more knowledge but realizing obviously at some point that you know, it, it, yeah, it's not about that, as you just said, right? But I've seen this a lot on other people as well. It's like they don't get it and or they get the knowledge. They could like you, you see people who might be able to speed th read through a book and devour book after book. It's it's actually making that knowledge innate in you embodied and that you know it so well because you've stood in that footstep. You've stood there. You You've 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 tasted that raspberry. You've you've been to Spain. You've lived climbing that mountain, and looking at a picture of a raspberry, looking at a whole punnet of raspberries, looking at whole fields of raspberries, even inhaling the smell of one. It's not the same. This is the most important point I think about this whole discussion about Rahu in Sagittarius because when you mm. think about us all we're all on a journey seeking something right but many of us are on journeys probably listening to this on a journey east for knowledge from the east right I mean it's this is what we do right so we 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 play the roles we put on the garbs and we go and we travel to India or wherever to get this knowledge because we think we need it this is a very Rahu in Sagittarius I think expression of i i'm missing something and i need to go somewhere foreign to get it but the minute you step outside you're outside the place of realization how you can't realize it through through you know even look even the simplest thing i can be sitting here and i can hear a car engine starting up outside where do i hear it Outside mm. or in here? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. 
So that's a simple little ob obvious statement. Mm. Nothing is out there. No book, no Gary, no body, no nothing. So the place that you could most mm, um, um, successfully, I don't know like that word, but, but um, automatically receive what it is that you think you're looking for is to recognize by inquiry that you are it. Give yourself permission. Say, I am already the realized one. Tell yourself that's what you want. And then you're in a, what I call the inner file manager. I've got these names for things that people have got grown-up names. And I, I've got names that make <laughs> people laugh, you see. So I have an inner file manager that's managing my pantomime, you see. And everybody's got their own pantomime. And at the end of the pantomime, there's Red Riding Hood and the wolf taking their bow hand in hand and everybody's best friends because we're all part of the same gang anyway, the actors that go out to dinner afterwards. So, But the thing, the thing is, it's only in here. And when you just say, I have, or even I have, I am already everything that I read about, that I look for, every result, and you go here and you learn the knack, then yes, you have power over matter. You go to the place where you are the matter. And when you are it, then it has to obey you because it's like, my, I mean, as long as I'm not really any damage, my hand will do what I choose. I don't even have to instruct. Hand, put up your first finger. I just, I just am it. I've embodied. I, my consciousness, is occupying the state, of the place of this hand. And if there's anything wrong with it, then I'm not fully occupying it. And then, yes, I might be ill or I might get pins and needles or something wrong with my hand. But I am that. I'm every little sparking cell. I'm, I'm the consciousness. And all the patterns and shapes and everything that everything is, is also me. I'm the clouds in the sky. Not just some poetic way, I literally. If I didn't notice them, for me, they wouldn't be there. And, and yet we still have to go on that journey, as you say in the Song of Rahu. Like, like, like Elliot says, you come back to knowing that you're that state, the uh, knowing state for the uh, for the first time, and knowing it for the first time, mm. and then and like the Popovu says, I'm very fond of that quote. There's no pleasure greater than coming back to life again after having been torn to pieces. So we come, we fragment, we we attempt to do things that we can't do. We fail. We do this and then, and eventually we go. Oh, bloody! I can't be bothered anymore. And then somehow grace and events and you give up and you become what you might call, something you might call lazy. It's not lazy. Well, actually, it's funny you bring up that because I want to mention it because I have, what you're speaking of, I've experienced in these many years. And I feel like it was at some point that I realized all of this. And then all of these things that I felt I had to do before like two hours of yoga practice, really hard physical yoga practice every morning, those things started falling away because I didn't feel like I needed to do anything. Now, I can still do them. I can still do them, but I don't do them with this needing, hoping, shall we say, for a better state or something. Mm. Because, it, because it's you, when you're doing a, a strong yoga practice, you um, desiring a particular result. Mm. So in a way, it's strategic. 
However, it might not be sometimes. It might be just sheer pleasure. If you can actually right. do it with sheer pleasure, it has, it has a different effect. Like, or like, you just feel inspired to do something. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. I said, no, it's if it's for pleasure, but not strategy. But really understand what strategy is. Very important word. Doing to get. Deciding that you're going to go out and, and uh, I don't know, dig gardens for 10 years because then you could save enough money to put deposit on a little one-room flat and whatever it is. But but in imagination, if you have that spark and you use your gift of imagination with feeling, circumstances reconfigure magically in the heart field around you to give you the opportunities or the spaces or the pathways or just it will just happen. Strategy is hard labor to get when you are already everything. So you have to find a way. It's a knack of relaxing into, into using the, the mind for the purpose that was created to be the, um, the, the periscope of the heart, so to speak, or be the, the focusing tool of the heart. Mind on its own is useless. Mind was never meant for thinking. Mine was in for knowing what the heart wants, serving, being the servant of the heart. <laughs> and and, the, and there's part of you that is really fully in, in the heart, fully alive, fully knowing everything. Otherwise, you wouldn't find it such a joke when you make yourself slog your guts out to get up on a bike when you could have a little bit of a motorbike or whatever. And you, but you know what? It's almost like, I can see you one day going, oh, for goodness sake, Gary, I don't want to do this anymore. I could use this energy. I could find the way of creating this fire energy. You know, I want that fire energy. I could find another way. And you might. You might go on enjoying it for a while. But it doesn't have to be that way. And it doesn't have to be the way any guru tells you. It, the, the experience of whatever you want to might, might call knowing or enlightenment is is not the same for anybody. And I mean, they talk about going to Nevercoppers, Samadhi, Samadhi, different ways of of experiencing it. And you'd think by reading Ramana or uh, Nisargadatta or some of, some of those, that there is a, a, a highway that everyone gets. It's, it's not. It's not like that. All possibilities are yours at any time that you choose. But you are the chooser. You are the moment, the place of experience. And if what you wanted to be would be like enlightenment, like Ramana Maharshi sitting on getting your, the rats eating your toes, then you could have that if that's what you want. But isn't this a lie that, well, not a lie for everybody, obviously, that we're sold in this new age where if you don't do X, Y, and Z, you won't get the results. You have to sit for how many hours a day and how many years to become enlightened or whatever. It's not necessary. None of it. But that's what we're sold, you see, isn't it? Well, I don't know who told you. Who told you? Who, well, who, maybe it's just something I'm aware of. You, you see, but I suppose if you read the Vedas and you read the, the, the great teachers or whatever it is, you would, you would, you would, think there has to be you know a one path <clears throat> i remember telling my kids when they were little and i knew i don't know they must have been seven eight something like that and they were to catholic school 
and um and my husband then was was catholic and i was kind of making sure that they they were prepared i said if anyone tells you that this is the only way then you know that they are telling an untruth and it's just not so because there's one way for you and that is your own deepest knowing in your heart you've got to look and find out whether it's you want 10 Mars bars a day or you want to you know you want this because you want it but actually finding the way to fulfill your personal desires is a wonderful thing to teach kids which they taught you in school how to use their imagination but isn't it the absolute opposite? Because we're taught certain ways. We're taught to do certain things. We're taught to like say your prayers, kneel this way, do this, say it this many times. So it's like even astrologically, it's embedded in that because Ketu, the the uh, you might say the yeah, yeah. opposite of Rahu, and but still it's the same. It's just the other side of the coin. Is said to be blocked by. Jupiter. Now that sounds like a kind of strange statement, but if if you're an astrologer, you kind of know what that means. There are different planets that said to freeze or block. The freeze is translation from Sanskrit, but freeze or block other planets. And Jupiter blocks Ketu. Now what is Ketu? Ketu is enlightenment. It's just awakening. And why would Jupiter do that? Because Jupiter is the pomp and ceremony and the ritual. Unless you know it, really know, and that comes at a finer and finer level as we as we engage in living alchemy. So we are living alchemists. As we engage in, in processing, embodying, and knowing for ourselves, th then it's it's stuff somebody else, it belongs to somebody else. Belongs to a book or some ancient teacher or some Buddha or, you know, you have to become that yourself. Do you think that in this kind of, we could even say age of Rahu, if we say we're moving to an age of Aquarius, that the recent pomp and ceremony that we saw with the death of the queen almost seemed like where did this come from all of a sudden it's like that this is still something that's that is practiced that they're adhering to these old traditions it almost seemed like a it just took out like a sore thumb because we're in such an age of like modernism and it's like everything is like like you can see the place for tradition and 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 ceremony and following what everyone used to do and we do it this way because this is the way it's done always but like Rahu is always saying, no, no, forget that. Forget about tradition. Just let's find a new way. But can you see a problem for that as well? If, if you follow tradition blindly, without loving it, without really uh, doing it as a, as a puja, as a sacred, as something that you just love to do, you know, like you've got a, someone coming to dinner and you get out your beautiful crystal glasses and you're in this pleasure in that. If there's no personal, no individual pleasure, then you're following something blindly. It's an ancient ritual. It has to be renewed. We need new, new ceremonies. New, but we need ceremony. We're humans. We're in a, in a body, so we 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 love to make things. Like a celebration of some kind. I mean, I can feel myself going towards um, having um, ceremonies myself. And as further down the line, I've seen people, you know, like a marriage ceremony, like your own celebrating yeah. your own marriage to yourself. Some of those sort of things. So we 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 want something to make to make the game, the pantomime, the play. We're engaged in this play of embodiment, and we. It, it's so extraordinary what we're moving towards 
It really is. But there will all be ceremony. But it doesn't have to be dead ritual. Christmas, for example. Yes, yes. Oh, yes. Well, Christmas can be. That's what I'm going to talk about. This talk that they've asked me locally. It's not at all the way I talk normally. But uh, and, and I said, all right, I'll talk about the magic of Christmas. And I just wrote a little title. Are you feeling the magic of Christmas? But many people are not. Many people are suffering hugely. Many people are underneath the Christmas cards and the tinsel and the tree. If there are no children around, if there are children around, you watch them opening their presents and chanting because they've got this big surprise, then maybe. But a lot of people are get, get because they have forgotten it's the birth of the, the child, the inner spark in their own heart. And unless you make the story of Bethlehem your own story, and love it because you know that life is alive and it's coming to birth in you. And that 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 stream of life itself, what is life? And you're engaged in that all the time. It, it it's it this is a kind of ritualistic deadness in it. But the story for most for many people, unless they are uh, Christian or religious, they it doesn't have much value. And yet it is one of the most beautiful fairy stories ever. And I don't mean fairy story as being unreal. It has to be made real in you. And anything yeah. you don't absolutely love and treasure and, and find meaning in, then is not alive for you. You give, you give life to everything by what you love. Well, perhaps that this Christmas, like and for many Christmases, for many people, the practice of just, you know, hand on heart presence in the experience of absence is probably most important than anything yeah your star put your hand on your heart you have an uh let's call it a, an inner heaven an inner sky it's dark i mean yes you can see with x-rays but uh, right now you have a felt sense of what might be inside your chest and i'm only saying that because there's a certain frequency there and if you look and keep looking you'll find in the darkness a little twinkle little speck little sparkle and if you can't see it to start and, and you go into, oh, I can't see it, it's not real, is that there are a few clouds in the way. And sometimes great levels of layers of sadness when you put your attention there because you remember what you've lost. Ultimately, the only way that I have seen is devotion to what you are. So that's the bhakti, the, all the three ways of yoga, the knowing, the karma yoga, but that's serving the self, and the self is yourself. And until that, those two aspects merge, the outer, apparently authoritarian uh, God or something different from you, until that is gone, and there is, it's all what I call candy floss, said in the, in the, in the um, glossary, the way I use candy floss. <laughs> like I told you, I was standing on the landing outside my bedroom one day, and, and there were the lights shining through all the windows and there's little sparkles that go on us any day, you know, little little, little twinkles and little, little little amoeba, little 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 tendrils, whatever you see them as. And I went, oh my God, it's all candy floss. And I loved it because candy floss is sweet, spun gold, and it's as light as a as, as froth, you know, like a pattern of drifting clouds. And that's what the nothing is. So if you want something and you don't, you don't have a how, and you 
and you want to go to, you want to be, find the, the most successful way, go to the nothing inside your heart frequency or in alignment with your heart frequency, look for your little star or just sit in the blackness, the, the, the darkness. And from the nothing, when your mind lets go of the how completely, you'll find it will just drop into your inbox. Ah, it's always such a great pleasure to talk to Kishori. I am always paying to finish our conversations. We can go on um, for the whole day. I would just lis listen to her all day long, but we have to get on with other things. And, you know, we have to get on with actually applying what Kishori is telling us. It just doesn't just happen. As she says, we have to get into a habit of doing these things. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation. You got as much out of it as I did. Um, and that you can apply these things to your life and you can find more joy even at this time of year and at Christmas time especially. And I hope that if you are listening to this and you are a follower of Timeline Astrology and a patron, a supporter of Timeline Astrology, that you can join us on December 21st at 4 p.m. Universal Time, Greenwich Mean Time. We are going to celebrate an epic poem, I think an epic book, and it's a monumental book. I think it's a, such a necessary book in this time of apparent crisis on our planet that we embrace our beloved opponent. So I hope you can join us. If you'd like to find out more, you can go to magicmakeover.com. That's magic with a K, M-A-G-I-C-K hyphen makeover.com. The other website, you can find more information about the release of the Song of Rahu. The ebook is released on the 21st, as I said, and then the paperback version will be out in 2023. Go to kishori.net, that's K-I-S-H-O-R-I.net. You can find out more about me at timelineastrology.com, as well as follow me and become a patron at patreon.com forward slash timelineastrology, or just go to the timelineastrology.com page and you'll follow the links. So thank you so much for listening to this all the way through to the end and until next time.